Before VinoVest, it really would be you doing a ton of research, figuring out what wines you think you should buy. The tough part is actually getting access to those wines. Even if you had $5,000 to buy some crazy bottle of wine, the winery probably wouldn't sell it to you and then you have to figure out storage. Most people don't own a massive fancy wine cellar to make sure that everything's stored properly. So what VinoVest does is it takes care of all of that hard lifting for you. We help you pick the wines, we also store them for you, and then everything on your side is just an easy online experience just like tracking any one of your other brokerage accounts. Hi everyone, it's Julie Verhage Greenberg here with your Tux Time podcast from FinTech Today where we talk about all things FinTech. In this episode, I am joined by Anthony Jang, co-founder of VinoVest. As you guys know, we have talked to some founders of companies that are helping individuals invest in more alternative assets, but we haven't talked about wine yet and I'm very interested to dive into this. So Anthony, thank you for joining us. Hey, Julie. Thanks so much for having me on. So what gave you the idea for this company? Because like, I, I think of people with wine cellars collecting wine for special occasions or I don't know, like just to have a wine cellar and everything. But I don't know that I know a lot of people that just straight up invest in wine. Talk to me a little bit about like what that inspiration was and what your target market is there, too. I had honestly never really heard of it either until a few years ago. <laughs> Um, I was reading an article and it was talking about how um, a number of exotic asset classes that the ultra wealthy, you know, ultra high net worth were investing in. Um, you know, so they were talking about art, fine watches, jewelry, and also wine. And I don't know why, but wine just really stuck in my head. I was like, that'd be so cool. You know, I obviously <laughs> did not own a wine cellar at the time, but it seemed like something really fun to do. And after looking at the historical returns, it became even more compelling to me. I was like, hey, I could actually make above market returns while doing something that could also become a hobby. So that's really where the seed for VinoVest was really planted. That's spoken like a, a true serial entrepreneur because this isn't your first startup either, right? You've had one or two other successful exits. Yeah, so I had my first company when... I was actually a freshman in college. It was a food delivery app called Envoy Now. And um, I actually took the Teal Fellowship to pursue that full time. And uh, that was uh, an awesome experience in education and made me realize that building companies was what I really wanted to do for the rest of my life. And that the one that came after that, Know Your VC, was essentially a Yelp uh, or Glassdoor for rating agile investors. And uh, venture capitalists. Okay, so you mentioned that the returns that you saw on wine was really compelling. What are the returns there? Because I would assume that, I don't know, everyone says that like the older it is, the better it is and everything. But like, I, I've never really thought of it in the sense of like selling that bottle versus like drinking it myself, you know? Yeah, I, I was the same way too, right? Because everyone here is like age is like fine wine. And that implies that it's better, better probably means more expensive. Um, but when I was looking into what actually drove those prices, um, the dynamics were really interesting to me because it was very, very simple. It was just supply and demand. As, say, these thousand bottles from the year 2020 get older, more and more people drink them. So maybe by year five, there's a thousand left. Maybe by year 10, there's 500 left. And just by that virtue of supply and demand, they are going to get more expensive. Um, and the other interesting layer on top of it is that not only is it more scarce, but it actually changes and improves over time, right? It's not like 
a bar of gold or an autograph where um, it's the same whether it's one year old or 10 years old, a one year old bottle of wine is completely different from a 10 year old bottle of wine. So it actually does change and appreciate over time. And those two things coupled with the fact that the winery can only produce one vintage every single year, make it so that it is very predictable when you're looking at future vintages and looking at uh, price potential as well from an investment standpoint. If I want to go on there and I want to invest in wine, talk me through that process. And do I like get wine shipped to me or is it just like digitally? I know I have it. Like how, how does this all work? So before VinoVest, it really would be you doing a ton of research, figuring out what wines you think you should buy. Then the tough part is actually getting access to those wines because even if you had say $5,000 to buy some crazy bottle of wine, the winery probably wouldn't sell it to you, right? You need to be on a long mailing list, get those allocations, and then uh, to your point, you have to figure out storage. Most people don't own a massive fancy wine cellar, don't have a robust insurance policy to make sure that everything's stored properly. So what VinoVest does is it takes care of all of that hard lifting for you. So we help you pick the wines, we also store them for you, and then everything on your side is just an easy online experience, just like tracking any one of your other brokerage accounts. Got it. And then what about going about sourcing the wine too? It, it, am I able to just like list a wine on there? Or are you working with wineries and sort of doing your own due diligence to make sure that the wine is up to a certain standard before you list it on your platform? Right now, it's just the latter because there are certain risks with this asset class. Number one being the uh, the provenance and the condition of the wine, right? If it's uh, you selling a bottle of wine on the platform, we have no idea who you sold it or who you bought it from, how you stored it, um, and things like that, which could potentially mean that you have a bottle of wine that is corked or a bottle of wine that's actually fake. Um, so what we do at VinoVest is we handle the vetting for you. We work with wineries or other trusted parties that we have already vetted to know that this bottle of wine is in perfect condition, uh, has only been stored in the right places and we handle all that for you before we actually make it available for investors to to purchase. Is there any sort of minimum investment? Like, do I have to put in a thousand or five thousand dollars to do this, or could I put in as little as like a hundred or five hundred dollars? So, because we're actually buying cases of wine, the minimum is a thousand bucks. There are a bunch of cases of wine out there that we consider investment worthy that are below that threshold. But that's really our starting threshold so that users, even if they put in the minimum of a thousand, we still have options to choose from and not, it's not just like everyone gets the same wine. Who's the typical VinoVest customer right now? Is it someone that's in like their late forties, early fifties over in Napa? Is it so, I, I would assume middle America maybe isn't as popular, like focusing on the cities, but maybe I'm completely wrong. Yeah. So it, it is a younger audience. Um, the sort of um, people that you would think of as wine collectors, they already have their ways of getting wine, right? We're not really trying to um, bring that solution to them. Who we're really trying to target is everybody else, right? The people like you and I, who maybe before learning about VinoVest never even gave wine investing a thought or didn't even know it exists. Um, and what we want to do is to really break down those barriers, draw similarities between the stock market and the wine market and really present this as a viable alternative 
to diversifying your portfolio. We've talked a lot about the benefits to this, like generally very good returns, um, a little bit of a hedge versus other things like stocks and whatnot that people might invest in. What are some of the risks associated with investing in wine though? So outside of the risk of having fake wine, so you know fraud, I would say storage is the next largest risk. Um, wine needs to be in the right temperature conditions, the right humidity conditions, away from sunlight, also away from even vibrations. So most of our storage facilities um, are really strictly monitored. Many of them are actually underground, so you can't even have sunlight or vibration. And they're at a constant temperature that is monitored 24 seven. Um, and we also have a pretty robust insurance policy in case anything happens to the wine, right? If someone knocks it over or when it gets delivered, it is damaged. Um, so those are really some big risks. I think zooming out a little bit, um, people have to realize that this is not as liquid as stocks. Um, and also from a return profile, it's also a lot more long-term. So people should think about this a little bit more like real estate or bonds where um, say you set a target maturity date, say 10 years, um, and you want to be able to achieve the right return profile within that 10 years, we'll be able to help pick out wines that fit that return profile. For example, if you wanted to invest for five years, we'd give you a completely different portfolio of wines than if you wanted to invest for 20 years because different wines have different ideal drinking windows, which also coincides with when they peak in price as well as demand. Okay, so when I'm going onto your platform, am I picking like, all right, I want to invest for five years. Okay, I want to invest for 20 years or like at what stage do I tell you like what my time frame is? That's right off the bat. So those are some of the parameters that our algorithm ingests to be able to give you that wine portfolio that we recommend. Um, so on top of that, we also have risk appetite, right? So just like just like stocks, there are riskier or more speculative wines to bet on and also more stable or like blue chip wines to bet on. So um, between that and the time horizon and how much you have to invest, uh, we automatically can generate portfolio recommendations for each user. What if I you know, sign up, give you this sort of risk profile and then a month or two later or even like six months or 12 months later, I change my mind. Like I want to be way riskier or I suddenly need money because I lost my job or something like that. Like what happens in that situation? Yeah. So it, it does happen all the time now at our scale where someone's like, Hey, I'm, I'm moving across the country or lost my job or had, you know, had twins crazy. Um, <laughs> so stuff like that. Uh, thankfully we, we do still have a liquidity network of, thousands of investors on the VinoVest platform, as well as wine retailers, high-end restaurants that we can also sell that wine to. That makes sense. How do you source the restaurants for that then? Is it just, you know, going around and knowing like, I don't know, all the fancy places in, in New York City or San Francisco that you're like, Noah, if, if I need to sell my wine, these places are going to buy it. Like, I don't know, even if you have like an example of that happening, that would be really cool. <laughs> yeah, we, we do have a network of restaurants like that, but um, oftentimes these restaurants work with distributors that work on platforms like, like we work with. So when we put a wine up for sale, it could be a distributor that, that is representing several, say, Michelin-starred restaurants in, on the East Coast or on the West Coast. And they know the sort of monthly buying demands and the ebbs and flows of their network of restaurants that they buy from. Um, so that's really what we do to make sure that we can get the widest market availability when we're putting something
now. So what about in the future? Is there a reason to think that you guys might start offering things other than wine? Absolutely. So I think outside of wine, other similar asset classes are, of course, whiskey, you know, both, both Scotch, Japanese whiskey and bourbon. They all have very similar um, aspects where as the whiskey ages in the barrel, it becomes a lot more expensive and desirable. And there's also that sort of supply and demand scarcity aspect at play. So we launched a waitlist for Whiskey Vest um, a couple months ago, and we do plan on expanding into other investable spirits as well in the future. How does the investing return profile change on wine versus the other uh, alcohols that you mentioned? So I would say when you compare wine and whiskey, um, wine typically is a little bit less volatile. Um, and reason being is that there's just so much more of it. It's a lot more developed of a secondary market. And even the rarest wines, they're still producing a few hundred of them. Whereas like the rarest whiskey bottling, um, you know, there could be maybe less than 50, right? A limited edition. So because there are less comps, the, the volatility is a lot higher on that. And because there is no established sort of like whiskey secondary market, it often goes up for auction and at auction, pretty much anything can happen. You know, right. It's a, it's a market of one, one winner and they kind of decide the price. How long have you guys been, uh, actually in business? I know you had this idea a little while ago and then speak to me a little bit about how things changed during the pandemic. Cause when I had other people on that focus on alternative investments, a lot of people saw quite a bit of a pickup because not only did people want to invest in stocks more, they wanted to try investing in other things as well. Real estate, venture capital, artwork, wine, things like that. Yeah. So uh, the company was founded in 2019, but we officially launched to the public March 1st. So I think if you can remember what happened last year, March 1st, we had just, I think the market had gone down almost 30%. And my co-founder and I looked at each other like, is this the worst time ever to launch an investing app? Um, especially on one that no one even knows what wine investing <laughs> is. Um, so thankfully, like much of the other sort of alternative investment platforms, we saw that tailwind, saw that pickup. Um, and more than just the general investing trends, but um, people started drinking more wine at home. I know our household definitely did. And if you look at the online wine sales numbers, for last year and even going through into this year, um, they're all at record highs. So we're seeing more and more of the wine industry move online. And we've also seen consumer demand and preferences start to drive the pricing for it. So um, thankfully, we've kind of seen these two trends start to become a tailwind for us as we started growing the company. What, what do you expect to happen over the coming, you know, 12 to 18 months as people do start, you know, going back to work, maybe drinking a little bit less wine, maybe there are more people, like there's not as many stimulus checks, people don't have time to sit down and trade and think about that anymore. What, what should we think about in terms of the, the future of your growth there? I think we will see the sort of day traders start to have less time or less capital. Um, which is why our platform is really encouraging long-term investors. Um, you know, wine is something where you can't really day trade it. Um, it really, you really just have to wait for that wine to age and get older for the price to go up. Um, and because of those reasons, we, from the get-go, 
have always encouraged long-term thinking, right? If you're if you're looking just to flip a wine for six months, Pinovest is not the right place for you. Um, and with that sort of long-term mindset, most of our investors are in it for five, 10, 15 years. And it doesn't really matter what's going to happen in the world, you know, next year or two, that will really impact their decisions. Um, and thankfully, people are not really putting most of their money into Pinovest, right? They've got their stock portfolio, 401k, maybe some crypto and real estate, and this is this is taking maybe one to 10% of their portfolio. What is the, you mentioned like, hey, if you wanna invest for six months, this isn't the right platform for you. What is the minimum investment time frame that you have and what does the average customer pick in their preferences starting out? Average customer picks somewhere between five and seven years. And I would say that is, that is a good time frame. That's what we really do see from historical returns perspective, wines really start to pick up after that sort of fourth or fifth year in pricing. And um, that's also what we have been seeing as the most common option. Um, if people do want to do like a quick flip, there there is a wine futures market. You know, people can buy onto futures and then wait for the wine to actually be released and try to time it. But um, I think like, um, like a lot of people know, it's almost impossible to know what the outcome is, right? It could it could be like an IPO where it pops up a lot or it pops down a lot. So if someone wants to learn more about you guys and sign up for the platform, what do they need to know and where do they need to go to do so? I think number one, they need to realize what they want in their portfolio, right? If you're looking for something long-term, if you're looking for something in the place of bonds or if you have a bunch of cash sitting around and want to uh, not have all of your exposure into maybe just stocks or just another asset class, this could be something really strong as a complement to what you already own. I think what you, when you've decided that, um, you are faced with a couple options, like maybe income generating real estate or and wine or you know maybe even art. Um, so then you kind of narrow it down to the asset class level where within wine, what's the best solution for you? And I believe that Vinovest, with our um, sort of user-friendly approach to people who are not seasoned wine investors, or who don't want to spend hours of day researching, uh, we're an easy way for you to on-ramp into that asset class, dip your toe in, and be able to try it out for yourself. Best place to go to start is our website, vinovest.co. Um, we have a team that can help guide you through any questions that you may have. Um, my personal email is anthony at vinovest.co. So if you listen to this and just mention the podcast, when you reach out, I'll definitely answer. And we realize that this is new to most people. so. We want to make sure that this is an educational journey. And if even if you don't end depositing, at least if you know about wine um, and see that as a potential option, um, that's still a win for us. Awesome. And as always, go to fintechtoday.co to stay up to date on what Anthony and his team are doing and everything else that's happening in the world of fintech too. Spoiler, there's a lot going on. So you'll get news updates, you'll get some in-depth research if you sign up for our premium product. And of course, you'll be able to listen to Tux Time on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you want to check that out. Otherwise, Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. This was great. Absolutely, Julie. Thanks so much for having me on board.